You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 164, Obituary. Hosted by Dan Terry. Then we can just take a picture of all of us wearing the mask and it'll be the newest cover of the newest crea- or the newest Sodom record. <laughs> Jeff Kane. My kiddo has a uh, has two World War II German gas masks. You can wear those. And Joseph Wren. I feel better now. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you thought 99 Ways to Die was not nearly enough, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is Jeff. Yo. Let's get this over with. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. I mean, it was mostly bad. Unfortunately, it was, which is... I wanted to like. I wanted to have such a positive episode. Why do you guys just keep having me come back just to shit on bands? Seriously. I don't know, man. It, it's one of those like even the really really good moments in Obituary just makes me be like, wow, I should go listen to a band that just does that thing all the time. <laughs> you know. But I mean, oh. you know, Obituary has a certain appeal in that like that thing that they do, which is just chug endlessly and play solos that go nowhere and have a guy yell something into the microphone. If you if you're if you signed up for that for ten albums, then you're in heaven. Well, this is what I would call the uh, guitar players band. Mm. Because I mean, there's guitars what... in it. They're <laughs> yeah, kind of a thrash is... band sometimes, but yeah, it's all about like Dan said. It's about the chug and it's about the solos and it's about nothing else, in my opinion. Uh, the it mainly it mainly it's because I just don't like John's voice. It's so hard for me to listen to his voice. Well, I mean, let's get into it. You know, I mean, there's uh Well, shit, uh, people say that about me. That's why I'm not on the podcasts all the time anymore. Absolutely. I mean, I get that <laughs> all the time. There a dude sent us a, or sent us a message the other day that's all you guys should stop talking to that guy that doesn't like he is legend. Oh, did like, they really? <laughs> that's I like, awesome. I was like, you mean Jeff? Oh, him? I don't know. He's probably dead in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> Talk bad about he is legend. Come on. Yeah, I'm dead in a ditch somewhere because I'm considered an essential employee, just like Dan. So we're... Yeah, but I actually am essential. Yours is kind of questionable. Yeah, mine is so people can still fly jet planes. Yeah, why, my... do we need, why do we need that during coronavirus? I don't know, but yeah. it happens. I repair I machines that help people breathe. <laughs> so... Yeah, slight. Yeah, slight and different. I'm. Yeah, and I do. I make. Uh, I build flight simulators for trainers for the F-15 program for the Air Force. Well, so it's it's cool know. shit. But why the fuck do I need to be doing that right now? That no, there's no need for that. This is the part of the conversation where I make a joke about let the bodies hit the floor. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, I got a better one. Don't worry. Well, before we talk about Jeff's extended leave of absence in a ditch with a shovel, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, so if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Well, I don't really have any five-star reviews to report, but I do have to report that you missed a couple, Joe. You missed... 
iHeartRadio, you missed Pandora. Um, there's just every single day there's a new place that you can listen to discography discussion. There's really nothing that you can do. I would say it's like a virus, but I feel like that'd be in really bad taste. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, speaking of here's the difference. We are a well intentioned virus. We are a well intentioned virus, that's true. Um, okay, well, come on. I led I gave you the lead in. You're not gonna do anything with it? It's fine, dude. It's 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 Zayo. We all love Zayo. <laughs> all right, yay! We all love Zayo. Hi, Scott. Yeah, we'll just pull Scott in on this and have him tell us. You know, you know that's it. You know, I I ought to text Scott right now and be like, you know, just give me one sentence for obituary, and I'll just uh, we'll read that on the show. The fear's um, my favorite Zayo record. Yeah, say but, why why we're wrong and he's right because he's a guitar player. That'd be my first guess. Well, Joe's a guitar player, and he hasn't had a whole lot of great things to say just <laughs> as of yet. Um, you know, but uh, to, to get back to my to my point about numbers going up is that uh, you know we've been at we've been at a consistent five thousand downloads a month for the last year and a half. Um, that's incredible, guys. I I mean, I just when we started doing this podcast, um, I don't think myself or Jeff or Joe ever really thought about it in context of those types of numbers. And uh, it's been uh, it's been incredible uh, the amount of people that have heard this podcast and all the different areas that you can do or that you can listen to it. And so for that, I just I just want to say thank you to all the listeners that, that continue to download the episodes, that share them with their friends and um, that they get into arguments with us, that get into disagreements with us. Like that's kind of like one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is I like to discuss metal with people. And um, it's always it's always very respectful. You know, there's not whole, not a whole lot of name calling, um, but it's just people are like, yeah, you know what? I, I think you guys are awesome. I don't always agree with you, but uh, you guys always entertain me. And so I just want to um, just want to say thanks to all those people. Oh, that was sweet. It was. It's like the only nice. It's the nicest I'm going to be on this episode. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so I get think, ready. Uh, Dan, I think that's the nicest you've been in like the last month. That's the nicest I've been in the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was that coffee. I was drinking. Uh, no, it's just I don't know. It's just generic, generic Keurig coffee. So, so Dan, tell me about Obituary. Obituary is an American death metal band with quotation marks around the death metal, um, and uh, they're from Tampa, Florida, where where most good death metal bands are. I'd like to say there's something in the water, but I think they might have been drinking Florida poop water. And Fuck. not regular water. Um, well, it, they, the vocals sound like that. They started in 1984, and they were called Executioner. And then there was another band called Executioner, so they changed their name in 1986 to Executioner with just an X. So more Charles Xavier and less like an actual Executioner, because um, there was a thrash band that you know that was called that, and you know they didn't want anybody to think they were thrash, but they kind of are. Um, because I mean, if you listen to their records, they they really like Celtic Frost like a lot, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> and uh, in 1998, they decided to change their. I'm sorry, 1988. Sorry, um, they changed their name to Obituary officially, and uh, they put out a record called Slowly We Rot in 1989. And that was kind of there. I mean, they obviously they have like 4,000 demos. We're not going to talk about those. Um, they, nobody's got the time. And I, I, to be honest with you, I probably won't ever listen to another obituary record anyway. So, you know, here we are. It was the fucking 80s. Everybody had cassettes. It was a thing. Slowly we rot, 1989. I'm going to take it back just a quick second. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeff is taking it back. 
for uh, a little bit of useless trivia for anybody who's interested. The other executioner, do you guys know who, what uh, evolved out of that? What's that? Anal Nice. Shout out to Matt Nas. Another terrible band. Yeah, so that, well, uh, but it's Seth Putnam was all tongue in cheek on purpose, though. The guy who is the mastermind behind that, God rest his soul, he's another one that's not with us anymore. But uh, yeah, I just thought it would be fun just to say, you know, two years after Executioner changed their name to Obituary, the other Executioner quit and became, uh, Seth went on to make anal c- can I, mean, I say that? Can I say that, Joe? Can I say anal c- I don't think he's been able to say I don't, I don't know how many times you'll get away time. with it, but I think at least once. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The majority of obituary would consist of John Tardy, their vocalist, Don Tardy, his brother, was the drummer, and uh, Trevor Perez, the rhythm guitarist. He's the guy that I'm going to take the most issue with in this episode. Um, (laughs) As you should. They had, uh, you know, some notable members. They had uh, Alan West was their kind of main guitar shredder uh, for a while. Um, He's... He kind of popped in and out of the band, you know, um, over, you know, in various points in their career. And then there's one shining gem, one beautiful thing that happened uh, in 1990 where they had James Murphy uh, as their as their lead guitar player. And um, that was that was those were good times. That was back when everything was good and happy and wholesome. Uh, but he unfortunately is, is uh, never appeared on an obituary thing ever again. Yeah. Well, it was Frank Frank Watkins, too. Yeah, yeah, Frank Frank Watson. Uh, I'm sorry, Watkins, who also uh, passed away. Yeah, um, but he was also in, in 2015. He was in Gorgoroth, Yep. Yep. And then their other lead guitar player from 2007 2011, Ralph Santola, appears also passed away in 2018. Fuck! I hate to make a terrible joke, but the uh, name of the band Obituary is pretty fucking prophetic. I was gonna ask if this was like a Spinal Tap situation. No, but. Uh, you know, it's really weird. They had uh, Steve DiGiorgio play bass for them in 2010 live. <laughs> Did they really? You ever heard the term overqualified? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> that is, that is, wow. That's, that's, uh, I, I don't know, man. That's like having Ch- Chuck Schuldner play in your punk band, you know? <laughs> like, I don't hey, Chuck know. was a professional. He would have done it and he would have done it well. It would have been incredible. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. Well, uh, speaking of things that I kind of like to hear, uh, Slowly We Rot. Yeah, there were some, uh, there was actually some gems on here. Wait, did, did, go ahead. You're going to so, tell me how awesome the whole thing is, I'm sure. <laughs> well, uh, tracks one through eight are awesome. Um, the, so the first eight tracks on this record were a demo that they recorded in 1988, and they shopped it around to labels. And then whenever they finally got signed to Road Racer Records, which is a offshoot of Roadrunner, they, um, Roadrunner was like, yeah, you're going to need more tracks than that. Uh, because this record's only like 35 minutes long. So you imagine tracks one through eight, you're probably looking like a 20 minute kind of deal. So they uh, they went ahead and added a few songs to it. And um, it's kind of weird because you can definitely notice that there's a production difference <laughs> in the middle of the record. Absolutely. Or like towards the end of it. And I always thought that that was kind of weird because I thought that the first eight tracks kind of established a certain tone and then it's like kind of gone at the <laughs> at the end of it. But um, this isn't. This is probably one of my favorite obituary records. Um, not because it necessarily stands out from the others, but it just seems more gutsy, more like uh, 
the like the riffing is very 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 rooted in thrash um there there it's like a, like i'm almost a mixture of thrash and doom metal uh which doesn't sound like it would go together like one being very high energy and one being very low energy uh but you know they're the first band I, that i that i remember hearing that really tried that and um so you've got you've got some really 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 great solos by alan west um and you've got don tardy as the drummer who is pretty good he's definitely not like the best death metal drummer you're ever going to hear um and then you've got john tardy on vocals and the vocals actually this is probably one of the only obituary albums i'm going to say this is i thought the vocals sounded pretty sick on this record just very very unhinged, very growly, very, I wouldn't say brutal. I don't think he's ever been brutal, um, but just very growly, very um, like a psychopath is on the, is on the microphone. And for whatever reason, this worked. And I want to be clear, it worked on this record. <laughs> yeah, it, it did work on this record. Like I could fucking listen to Gates to Hell all day long. Oh yeah. I love that fucking track, man. But yeah, it's, is something it's, it's primal. His vocals are primal. It's not, I don't know. It just sounds like you said, it sounds like a psychopath. It just sounds like a crazy dude on the mic who is just, just spitting, man, just going crazy. And that's what makes it, you know, that's what makes it good. The, the later stuff just, I don't know. just it's boring. We'll get into it. Yeah. But this was awesome. This, the vocals on this, this was actually, um, even with, uh, with that, this is still a, probably a solid third place for me as far as uh, out of my favorite obituary albums. I kind of think that obituary sounds better when they sound a little bit less professional. And I think that in this particular case, it works because they're, again, it's just that primal. It's it's dudes playing in a garage. These songs written in a garage, you know, um, probably terrible demo versions of these songs written in a garage, recorded in a garage. You know, um, the guitar tone on this record is really... Um, it's so almost so bassy at times that it's like hypnotic. Like it's like a sick feeling. It's like it's like having a feeling of nausea in your stomach that you just can't quite get rid of. It's like it's like that feeling between being tipsy and drunk where you feel like a little sick, but you don't feel you, you, like it. That, that that's squarely where the guitar tone in this record lands. And uh, I thought it's really interesting that this record is as heavy as it is, considering it was recorded in standard tuning on Fender Stratocasters. It's all about the amp, dude doesn't matter how low it's tuned yeah well it's just interesting that there's an obituary record in standard like if somebody told me that i'd be like you're full of it like this is this is definitely a drop d band you know like the thrash metal roots are obvious these guys were fans of slayer venom i'm sure metallica and insert the names of the other big four bands they want to play fast but then they also want to dirge a little bit and yes the vocals do work they're not necessarily good, but this is <laughs> the late 80s where this is what thrash sounded like. And I like it because well, yeah. it has that classic thrash sound of, is the music going to be good? Are the vocals going to be good? And if either one is not, do they work together? That's the equation of classic thrash. Well, yeah. And like vocally, I know they're trying to go for more of a death metal thing. And I would say vocally, John Tardy on this record doesn't sound all that different than like a Chuck Schuldner on Scream Bloody Gore uh, or Leprosy. It's 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 this is before death metal vocals were were just Cookie Monster. You know, um, they they hadn't really carved that out. So you can you can chalk a lot of that up to just it being the time and people trying to figure out like 
how to amp up the vocal intensity. Uh, the weird thing is, though, is this band never published, like, John Tardy never published his lyrics. And that's something that, that we're going to follow, follow throughout the band. So normally the story would be like, oh, my God, read these lyrics. They're so messed up. I have no idea what they are, and I can't really... Sometimes I can understand him, but the times I can understand him, I think his vocals sound notably worse than when I can't understand him. So are you saying that he's not saying anything? It has been theorized by a lot of people <laughs> that listen to Obituary that he may not actually be saying anything. And if he is saying something, it may just be like stream of consciousness. <laughs> you know, it like, and I've never done it. I, I told myself I was going to do this this week where I was going to pull up a live video of the band playing a song and then listen to the album version and see if they match. You know, like, see see if he's saying the same thing. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he wrote lyrics and performed them, but just never published the lyrics. Because there are, there are certain musicians out there that are afraid that if they put too much of their stuff out there, that somebody's going to steal it. Or they were just really, really, really weak lyrics, and he just didn't want to publish them, you know? <laughs> uh, all that's possible. Now, you can go on, like, Dark Lyrics or, or a website like that and pull up their lyrics, but it's all just what fans think he's saying. <laughs> it's not a... It's it's not word for word, so it's it's a very interesting situation where we may actually have somebody that's not saying anything. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, normally normally I get so mad when Joe says that on an episode, but in this particular case, he might actually be right. So, uh, you know, we'll just leave it there. I'm like I said, I'm going to give him credit and say I think he is actually saying lyrics, but if he is, I do think that they're probably just are like stream of consciousness. Yeah, I was going to say he said it once and doesn't remember what the fuck it is that he said afterwards. In other words, stream of conscious. But that's not to say, because like in a song like Slowly We Rot, like that song actually has some semblance of a chorus, you know, uh, and I, I would, I think it would be very noticeable if he said something else, you know, because well, yeah, I can, time, I can pull him he... saying out like, Slowly We Rot, you know, like I hear that. I, I, I understand that. I, I'm just saying that um, outside of choruses, you know, I think he could change it every fucking time and nobody would know. That's all I'm trying to say. And I don't think... 80s thrash fans cared nope they were there for for the sound and for the atmosphere and to uh kick ass and take names well and this record has all the like on paper it looks like a classic death metal record in the sense that you know it came out in 1989 on roadrunner records or road racer records and it was produced by scott burns of more sound recording studios in tampa florida like that is those are pretty much the key ingredients to being a classic death metal band um, and I don't think that they were that on this record necessarily. I think this is a great debut because I think the, I think they were original here. They they were doing something different than what a lot of their contemporaries were doing. Um, am I going to say that it holds a candle to like Leprosy or Scream Bloody Gore? Like not even close. Uh, or even like Altars of Madness by uh, Morbid Angel. You know, like th- those were like really good death metal bands. And Obituary was just kind of like trying a thing over here. <laughs> And uh, I think I think largely it succeeds here. I want to be very specific when I say these things. Like I, it worked this time. Um, like this is this is a banger of a record. If you buy one obituary record, definitely buy the next one, Cause of Death. But this one, if you have money for two, get Slowly We Rot. I would say if it was money for three. But okay, well I mean that's fair. Uh, and but that's yeah, just so, because I have it third place. There you go. 1990, Cause of Death is a giant eyeball in the sky. <laughs> well, it's, it's an actually, eye-opening experience in a good the, way. Uh, yeah, it's actually the uh, it's the cover of an H.P. Lovecraft uh, book or a compilation of, of his stories that this artwork was put on. 
And uh, if you guys want to know an interesting little factoid, this cover, this album cover was supposed to be the album cover for uh, Sepultura's Beneath the Remains. That is correct. That is and, badass. Yeah. And like in that context, I'd love to see this cover artwork on this, on you know, on that record. Um, not to say that the cover artwork that they settled with, they, they basically just got a different painting by the same artist uh, to, yeah. do, to do the cover of that record. But I remember... Um, I remember Igor Cavalera was like really upset with Roadrunner Records because Cavalera had a tattoo of the cover on his arm. Yep. So like that's kind of messed up. Like that the label just decided that yeah, nah, nah, it's fine. <laughs> so that's uh that's a little frustrating. And by a little I mean he had it tattooed on your body and then it's not like the actual thing. Is this record as black death metal as the internet wants me to believe it is? It's not black at all. Uh, I mean, other than other than the Celtic frost worship uh, that is prevalent on every obituary release, uh, at least on the early albums, um, this record is absolutely a, a classic death metal release. Um, and I got to give it to him. I didn't think that the boys could do it. <laughs> but uh, they, they definitely got some help. They pulled in uh, James Murphy, who I believe had just left death. Um, and because he, because James Murphy played on the um, uh, spiritual healing record by Death, that is correct. So, like, if you're in Death, even if it's five minutes, you're you know probably better than most of the dudes in Obituary. Um, hey, let's not forget that uh, James was in Testament as well. He was in Testament as well. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, Testament. Um, one of these days. It's buddy, almost time. It's almost time. We're gonna get it done. <laughs> um. So you know how I talked about the guitar tone and slowly rot being kind of like, um, kind of like mesmerizing or hypnotic in a way. Um, Cause of death, it's even more so. And this record actually is in drop tuning, which gives it that kind of heavier, beefier sound. Um, you know, I mean, John Tardy is John Tardy. He's doing the John Tardy thing uh, throughout all this because he, like, he can't even say chopped in half clearly. He's just chopped in half. You know. Like, like what is that uh but i don't mind it so much because this is this is absolutely like the idea they had with slowly we rot but with a budget <laughs> and and a good lead guitar player the lead guitar helps anytime you're doing anything remotely thrash and this is 1990 when the biggest record in the world was or was about to be the black album yeah a guitar tone is killer on this i mean it, this is uh tied for first place on my favorite obituary albums and i've gotten to the point now that i've i've learned to try to do my best to look past shitty singing because it happens a lot <laughs> and or not really singing but you get my my point well the album and, sounds dark it sounds like what they're trying to give me with the album cover in my opinion classic thrash albums and pretty much anything metal it used to be about the entire product. It was the music, the tone, and the album cover, and the image of the band, which was usually ugly. This succeeds at doing the same thing that a Rain and Blood by Slayer does by giving me this dark imagery and then giving me this dark presentation, except this is slowed down more of a dirge, whereas Slayer is trying to be as fast as humanly fucking possible. I think what's interesting about this is that the guitar tone is very dense. 
And then you have James Murphy come in with a like a knife and he cuts through all of that density with his with his cleaner solos. And it's it adds a little bit of much needed melody to this whole project. Um, it's very clean. It just it 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 feels right. And there's really no other way to describe it. No, I, I agree. Uh it, you need to have that, uh, I guess you could say harmony almost, you know, you need the yin to the yang. That's what I always like about metal is the extremes of it. And having that on with the guitar solos on how clean and crisp it is with just, you know, the guitar tones overall. I mean, I, on this album and then one other album that we're going to get to in particular, I just love the fuck out of it. I'm not... Um, I'm not the most technical of the guys on the show, obviously. I think most people realize that. Uh, so I just go more off of feel. And uh, this album does a very good job of giving me that mental imagery of, of what I'm looking for when it comes to, you know, early 90s metal. I just, it just feels, it feels right to me. It, that, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I, I this particular album just, hits that that sweet spot for me even with the vocals that i don't particularly care for well yeah i mean it's it's got kind of this it's got kind of this atmosphere where when you're listening to it you know it's a classic release and considering the rest of this band's discography you almost wouldn't think they'd be capable of putting out a classic record you know but it just it hits on all the right cylinders and in in just the right way you know and it comes in you know it less than an hour um depending on if you if you have bonus tracks or not which i mean if you buy this record today it'll probably have like some demo songs on it um but you know tracks one through nine it's not overly long it doesn't overstay its welcome it is just a it, it's it's what obituary is trying to create which is basically a belch from hell <laughs> you know and they they achieve that on this record yeah the uh I think something got stuck in his throat while he was belching. Possible. <laughs> yeah. Possible. He sounds a lot like, and this is a weird comparison, but if anybody that knows this show knows we listen to a lot of Christian metal too, or at least I do, he sounds a little bit like Roger Martinez from Vengeance Rising. Um, oh, and yeah, I know, I know you, Jeff you, didn't care for that either. You are, you know what? You mentioned that you are right, and you're right. I didn't care for Vengeance Rising uh, vocals either. I think Roger's vocals were better than 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 John's, but um, that's but not, not saying much. much. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like talking; it's like comparing a, a, a bag of piss to a bottle of puke, right? Um, oh, I definitely but, go for the bag of piss, no yeah. question. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was easy, so I guess that was Roger Martinez, right? <laughs> right, but I just I, I don't know, man. Like I love this record so much. That as we go on in the discography, this record and even Slowly We Rot being so good made me say things like when I'm listening to the next records, like, um, oh, well, it's not that bad. And as I've been famously quoted for saying, not that bad is not a good descriptor of anything. <laughs> 1992, the end complete. Not quite, but if I appreciate your effort. Yeah, as as Dan, as Dan would say, this album is not that bad. See, it sounds better when I say it, but I, the sentiment remains. I'm <laughs> in pain listening to this record. Yeah, I didn't care for this one at all. It starts all. off so promising. It sounds like Cause of Death just kept going. But then the lead guitar starts, and you realize, no, it's not the same thing. Then you look down and realize, I've only been listening to this record for 15 seconds. 
I'm not going to lie to you. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me listening to this band. Because, like, I've got I've got my music B up, right? And I'll finish one Shout of their records. Shout out to Music B. I'll finish one of their records, and it'll start going into the next one, and I won't realize it. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't know I'm where it begins like, and where it ends. It's frustrating. Yeah, I'm, like, track seven into the next record, and I'm like, oh, my God, is this ever going to be over? Um, never a good sign when you've got ten albums to get through. Uh, the incomplete, though. Here, here's the here's the nice part of it. This is their first major misstep. Every band has it. Like every band goes through that. You know, Living Sacrifice has non-existent, but then they make up for it with Inhabit immediately right after. You know, um, there there's a lot of bands out there, or like even look at like Cannibal Corpse. You know, who had some missteps earlier on in their career than they did later. Um, this is where their formula really starts to fall apart. And it's happening this early in their career. This sounds like the same band that wrote the last two records, but they've run out of creative ideas. This is kind of phoned in. It's It sounds like the B-sides. And yeah, it's, they went into it being like, well, we got to put out another obituary record. So what does that mean? That means chuggy guitar. That means, uh, you know, some slower parts, some slower, doomier parts, whatever John's doing vocally, you know. Um, all the elements are there, but they're not being utilized. It's literally like the creativity is gone. The sound remains the same, but the, the creativity is not there. And this is where you start noticing that, well, you know, obituary kind of all their stuff kind of starting to sound the same. The difference is, is that they could have that sound on cause of death, but it'd be creative and fun. Whereas, I mean, if you consider listening to this kind of music fun, um, this and is we just, do. This is just that sound without the creative choices that made those records great. Um, I will say it's not terrible. Uh, I just can't think of anything really nice to say about it other than it's a, another obituary record. But with it only being the third album, I'm willing to give it a pass just because, like, you know what? We, we all get there. Sometimes we have a creative slump. There's a stereotype for bands that are not as successful as, say, a Metallica or a Megadeth. And sometimes those successful bands fall into this as well. The third album is either a slump or it's where you excel. And most of the time, the third record is when the slump starts. To quote something that I've heard Dan say for almost 30 years at this point, you've had your entire life to write your first record. Your second record is the real test of whether or not you are a creative person and can actually put together decent songs. But the third record will answer the question if you've learned anything along the way. Because even if you fail on the second record, the third record can get better. And in this case, it does not get better compared to the other two. It doesn't get better. Uh, and part of it too is because of uh, you, you having another lineup change. You know, for continuity's sake, you know, that, that can help with create creativity to a certain point um, like whenever you have uh, members that mesh well and you want to be able to have that you know by this time there's whenever you have people dropping in and out that normally means uh, there's some uh, there's more friction than what is required for the creative process because you have to have some friction in the creative process but uh, for members to pop up and drop out that generally means uh, you know that there's there's more to it than what we probably know. It's my probably an thought, ego thing. Well, I don't even know necessarily that, but whenever uh, you have 
a pair of brothers, you know, that, that's where I go to first. I'm like, well, you know, there's already two yeses or two noes, you know, because they're brothers first, they're band members second. So there could be that. I don't, you know, and they were, they've been in the band this whole time. It's not like there has been conflict amongst siblings. So they're, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing these siblings are on a team. And, you know, I'm probably, you know, making shit up where there's nothing to be made up. But that's just where my brain goes. That's the first place that I start to think about, okay, well, why are all these other guys dropping in and out? That's the first place my brain goes. And then when you go and you find out the rhythm guitarist is the guy who writes all the music, well, then you have three three yeses. And then that fourth guy is always going to be the odd man out. Yeah. James Murphy really added a lot to obituary. It, although in reality he didn't really um so that that's something that we didn't really talk about on cause of death was that james murphy came into the band and basically just played the parts that alan west had wrote before he left the band so instead of and i don't even know how much alan west really writes in the band uh but he basically wrote his stuff like he would normally participate and then he left so what they had james murphy come in is he just came in and added a whole bunch of leads and solos uh to what was already there and a lot of people say that you know cause the death may not be considered the classic that it is without that well that, that's the know, classic he, thrash move of you have the rhythm guitarist who writes everything and then the lead guitarist comes in and just puts down the solos but the consumer doesn't necessarily hear that so here's something else that um, I want people to think about is that most of the stuff and on track listings, if you start to go through and you look at who gets credit on everything, almost all of it is going to be ha- says Perez or Tardy yeah, or some combination of those three people. So I, I don't know, you know, how much Alan West you know, is really a, a part of the uh, the equation, at least on the on the earlier stuff. Maybe maybe things are maybe maybe things changed, and I, it's just hard to find the because uh, I don't have liner notes or anything like that because I didn't collect obituary stuff back in the day. That is an old school ego move, though. All of the classic rock records, and even going back further to like the '50s with the standards and back when every pop song was recorded three or four different ways by three or four different people and they were all played on the radio or on TV, you know who was in charge because their name was on the track. How many years, and we still have it, did every Metallica record, 90% of the songs said Ulrich Hetfield. Yep. But modern musicians, and I think The Doors did this first, who wrote the songs? The band did. Because nobody's trying to steal the spotlight of, yeah, I'm the guy that does everything. So this is probably just going with the trend. I'm not going to say that it was an ego thing. But when you do that, it's an ego thing. When you, as an individual, have to claim a piece of the band as a whole, you're basically saying, I am the band. Hi, Dan. (laughs) I would say really that i mean if you you can look i mean even if you look on the various websites that post kind of the credits um everything on everything on the incomplete i mean there's 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 tardy west tardy west perez tardy perez tardy perez tardy um this was this was a very collaborative effort alan west is back on this record and really one of the issues that i have with it more than anything is that you know same studio same producer scott burns um more sound but for whatever reason, this record sounds a lot more um, flat. Like it just 
it doesn't have that sw- that 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 Florida poop water muddiness that um, <laughs> that slowly we rot had. It sounds like they didn't try as hard, or they were just trying something new. They like because it's mixed like a mainstream, like it's 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 engineered to sound like a mainstream metal record. Which, and I would imagine this is probably really high selling based on the success of their previous records. I just think they came to the table and they just didn't have much. You know, it just didn't hit the right way. So the material is is unspectacular. And the recording quality is trying to sound more modern. But whenever you whenever you try to make something sound more modern, it can lose some of the griminess. And in, in a band like Obituary, the griminess is the key because a lot of the time... Uh, this band is more creating a more like successful at creating a mood and a vibe necessarily than they are at writing great songs, um, and that 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 can become very evident when you strip away that atmosphere and you're relying strictly on the material. And if the material doesn't cut it, it doesn't cut it, and so you end up with kind of a boring record. Um, I let it go though, you know, for the most part because uh, I did actually really like the follow up to this. I did too. 1994 world demise so this one is the other record i have that's tied uh for my favorite okay and it is all about the tone man it is sick on this album love it it is and it's noted it's notably different you so like where i say that the that the production on the last record sounded kind of flat and a little bit like uninspired this one takes that idea and goes in a totally different direction with it where this obviously does sound clean it doesn't sound like florida poop water it sounds like um it's it sounds more cold and and and, and kind of biting and obviously more like almost more hardcore in a way um where it's not as it's not as thick in a traditional death metal you know because like if you go back and listen to Cause of Death, that that lives strictly in death metal land, whereas this was obviously the band trying to modernize, and some people have even used the word urbanize a little bit more. And I think the cover actually gives away kind of what they were going for, where you've got, you know, a big industrial zone uh, and smokestacks everywhere. You know, it's going for a more... Uh, you're not out in the jungle in a cabin getting hacked to death by a serial killer now maybe you're just working a dead-end job and you're getting more angry every single day you work it as you breathe in black smoke you know what i mean like it's got it's got that sort of vibe to it yeah you've gone you've gone from dead by dawn to (laughs) dead by lunchtime dead Dead, by dawn that's that time nice (laughs) dead by dawn that's uh evil dead reference for anybody who wants to see an awesome 80s horror flick evil dead one and two and army of darkness all that shit's good i don't know if i'd be disappointed if i was a fan back in the late 80s and the early 90s but listening to these records sequentially as we do to prepare for this podcast the end complete was too much dirge it was too slow for what i'm expecting when i listen to this band world demise starts right off with don't care and the pace is just a little bit closer to what it was in cause of death and that helps this record this band is playing black and death metal essentially old school it's basically thrash it's basically punk the vocals are growled or yelled and that's all they are so why would i want that to be slow the dirge doesn't work for me in that example and the end complete was all dirge this is a little bit more attitude and i like that yeah they've injected a little bit of hardcore into their sound 
especially into the guitar tone, which I think works really, really well, especially for 1994, where you you run the risk of just sounding like a band that never got out of the 80s. And this is one of the notable few examples of obituary modernizing their sound and it actually being relatively successful. Um, Agreed. This is fantastic. Yeah, and this is, uh, even though I'm not a fan of his vocals, this is where I think the music matches his vocals the best on this album, personally. It's when he's using this particular vocal styling. Because Slowly Reroute, we can't use that as a, an example because his vocals are different on that. It's pretty much the same uh, from Slowly Reroute after that and moving forward. His vocals are pretty steady on as far as uh, what he sounds like. And this fits well for me. And I, I minded his vocals the least uh, on this album, I think, <laughs> if that's a way to put it. And musically speaking, I thoroughly enjoyed this album quite a bit, actually. This was the last one that I really liked um, because I don't think anybody's even prepared for what's coming. But like <laughs> it's um, the grooves are so on point on this record, dude. Like like when Tardy comes in there and he's like just like his brother's laying down a nice double bass and uh, and the, the guitars are grooving out and. Um, Tardy is 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 singing whatever it is he does, um, screaming or whatever. But he's doing it like almost rhythmically. Like there's there's almost a little bit of rap influence in there. Like he sounds like a real vocalist probably for like the first time on this record. Like he like I think he tried really hard. And I would even go as far to say, and I would apologize if he's listening to this, but like I would go as far as to say as he probably had a little bit of help with this one. Like people sitting down and being like, look, you can't just do what you've done on the past three records over this. Like the, the material's too good for you to do that. You're going to have to start actually blending with the musical output. Uh, uh, you're going to have to start blending with the musical output better. Yeah, well, it, it definitely worked. I, I had uh, the least amount of complaints I had with his vocals on this. I mean, so, yeah, I'm, I'm down with it. I, I, I love the crap out of this. I, I really did. Um, if this is what they sounded like all the time, if they made 10 albums of this, I would probably be okay. Unfortunately, it's not 10 albums, just this. In a perfect world, they broke up after this and are remembered as the classic band that they are. Yep. Are we ready for Back from the Dead? No, but we're going to anyway. Uh, 1997. So who wants to tell Joe what changed? Did they Scott go to Burns. a different studio? Did they get a different guitar player? What happened? Scott Burns is no longer there. Um, I don't know, man. You get all the guys together. You know what we need? We need to go hardcore because that's the thing that's on the rise. We love listening to the New York hardcore scene. It is going crazy right now. All these bands, hip-hop's on the rise. We modernized on the last record, but we got to keep it going, baby. We got to modernize. It's been three years. We got to get a record out. Let's just let's just go straight punk hardcore. But like, we'll still throw some solos in there every now and again to to make the old fans happy. Oh, back from the dead. Where do I even begin? Like, this sounds like a New York hardcore band, which would be fine if it was a New York hardcore band. You've got a band that's playing. You know, they they keep a punk pace or the slower hardcore punk pace. They're throwing a lot more groove into it, but everything is considerably slowed down. It lacks energy, which is a key ingredient in hardcore. So, like, you guys didn't even do that right. Um, and then and then John Tardy comes in and starts yelling over it, just like it's, like, slowly we rot again. And none of the pieces fit together. 
it's almost like John Tardy's coming in and singing on these to try to save it. But everybody sounds tired. It's like it's like they didn't get enough sleep before they went in and recorded it. I like this one. You like it? There is nothing good about it from a thrash metal perspective, but it succeeds at being a hardcore punk album. No, it doesn't. I didn't say it was good. I said it succeeds. The band plays down pick, power chords. It all sounds the same. The drummer's playing fast, and the vocalist is just belting into the microphone. It sounds like a punk record. It doesn't sound like a very good one. punk records have energy. This has no energy at all. It's lethargic. So, I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. They're attempting to do it, but they're not... I don't think they're succeeding at doing it. Yes, it so fails because it's obituary, and it's not a punk record, but it sounds like one. It's just not very good. I can say there's influences there, but I don't think it, it actually is. Uh, I think they try to take that style and put their own spin on it. It just, it just didn't work. That's all. This is a horrible, horrible attempt to jump onto a trend. This is not the obituary that anybody that bought this record signed up for. Like it all. Like it's a it's a it's a what were we thinking moment. Like what what would possess you to do this when your fan base is predominantly metal fans? Back in 1997, do you know what metal fans hate? Hardcore. And they hate punks. They they like metal fans like techie music, which I mean, it's not that obituary is ever going to win any awards for being a technical band because they are not nor have they ever been. But this is just not what any of their fan base was asking for. And maybe they didn't care because they thought, well, maybe we'll get a new fan base. But it's like I could listen to this or I could go listen to like a good hardcore band. And on the flip side, I could listen to this or I could go listen to a good death metal band. There were plenty of those in 97. So like on both fronts, it fails. It fails at what it was trying to accomplish. And it fails at being an obituary record. It's just failure, failure, failure. And I think that the zombies on the cover are very fitting as to what we've got here. They're phoning this in. This is this is going through the motions. It's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets any better. Yeah, I think this is them phoning it in, thinking, hey, you know what? If we prove that if we adapt our style, you know, it'll sound good. People will buy our shit. So whatever's popular, let's let's check it out. Let's do it. And like you said, I just don't think the uh, I think I don't know, maybe they got cocky or what, but the effort just didn't sound like it was there you know you can't make an album without effort though i mean so i'm sure that you know they're trying it just it just didn't feel uh as if they were 100 percent there and maybe they weren't 100 percent on the same page as who knows but it you know and it could hell it could even be you know record label saying hey you guys you know if you want to stay on our record label and make some money this is what's popular i need you guys to make a hardcore album I mean, that shit happens, happened then, and it still happens all the fucking time. You got the corporate bigwigs telling you, hey, this is what I need to sound like. So, that, you know, something like that could have happened, too. I mean, I'm sure there's interviews out there, you know, stating why there was the shift. Um, unfortunately, uh, with the uh, I didn't dig, get to do my homework like I normally do because everything's so crazy with uh, this coronavirus and I haven't had time because I'm working like stupid hours every every day. But um, I'm sure there's something out there. So if you if anybody out there finds something, post it and let us know if we're wrong, if we're right, yeah, or if you got some more info to uh, take us further down the rabbit hole, we're happy to do so. Eight years go by. Nothing from obituary. In 2005, we would get frozen in time. What happened for those eight years? Discuss Metal Dan. 
Well, uh, they meandered on like the rotting corpse of a van that they were uh, for about another year. They put out a live album called Dead, which is kind of funny, I guess. Kind of. Um, Wait a second. They were back from the dead and then they were dead? Yeah, and then they were dead. Yes. Uh, and not live, but dead. You, you get it? You get it, Joe? <laughs> it's dead and we're obituary. Get it? We're dead. We're dead because we're obituary. Okay. That joke's gone. Um, they went on a hiatus for six years. Not even a hiatus. They basically just broke up the band. They're like, okay, obituary's gone about as far as they can go, and we're we're done. Um, probably a good decision. Um, I would say about 2004 or so, I started hearing rumblings that obituary was back and that they were going to be putting on a new record, and they were totally going to go back to their old style. They're done with that with that you know back from the dead stuff. They're going to come back and be the obituary fan's obituary. So we get this record. Frozen in Time, 2005. So they're going back to their old sound? Does that include bringing back some of their old songs? I mean, sort of. This record (laughs) opens with Redneck Stomp, which I love. And there's something to be said for the lead vocalist of this band and whether or not he's actually saying anything because this song is an instrumental. It's an instrumental rhythm guitar sludge fest, and there are no vocals. It is also the top song on most streaming services. So clearly the fans of this band don't fucking care what that guy's saying. Um, I would imagine, and as I found out doing this podcast, most death metal fans don't really care what's being said. Um, this sounds like Back from the Dead. Like, not really. Like, I mean, it, there are traces of the old obituary sound in there. They've got They've got the classic lineup. You know, they're they're obituary and they throw in a little bit more of that sped up thrash, but it basically sounds less like a return to form and more like a we're just picking up where we left off. And whereas I think that certain songs like On the Floor sound pretty cool, um, Slow Death is pretty cool. For the most part, this is where I think that obituary is still showing that like they're not the most creative band in the world and that some people were probably really happy with this because it was you know john tardy screaming over some slowish riffs like it's decidedly mid-paced and it sounds like a throwback record in in 2005 meaning that like they sound dated but they sound 90s dated they don't sound like classic late 80s early 90s death metal dated um, and I think that's largely the problem with it. This thing just bores me to tears, man. And it's only 34 minutes long. And what bums me out about it the most is that, like, the cover artwork that on, for this record is amazing. Like, the big, it's got a big frozen, like, a big frozen landscape. And there's, like, a dragon skeleton, like, between two peaks. Like, it's it's cool. Like, it looks really cool. It doesn't sound cool, though. Like, a, the, the, this is one of the first times where it doesn't not match the cover artwork at all. Yep. Well, it's because you got awesome cover artwork that looks like it ought to be out of some Swedish melodic death metal band, and you get more of the same from Obituary. I mean, it, it just, I don't know, man. It just, you would think when you, after you come back from an eight year hiatus, you got some new ideas and you're going to be kicking ass and taking names. And no, they played it safe. They tried to stick with the formula the best they could. And they're like, hey, motherfuckers, we're back. Right. Yeah, and, just like real quick. And I'm like, well, you're back and uh, you brought nothing else with you to the table. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm not back. That's, yeah. Uh, 
that that that's the disappointing thing for me. I'm sure that there were obituary fans just shit in their pants because they're like, oh my god, they it's like they never left. Yeah, and that's what they made this album for was for those people, and they didn't make it for me wanting to see what their growth was. You know, I'm not the casual fan, obviously. I I I'm not the normal. I like to see the growth. Most people want to have more of the same because that's the shit that they love. That's what they're comfortable with. They want more of the same because they know what they like. They don't want obituary to make something else. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, so I get that part of it. It's just frustrating for me because I'm like, you know, whenever you, you there's just the rumors, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have the, you know, this big band with a, a lot of people. You know, you get people who were big in the metal scene for you know very for quite a bit of the some of the early years you know you want something of substance that just shows you that they've upped their game and that these these new guys they can't fuck with us because you know we're the old you know we made this happen and watch our shit and and we'll show you how it's done and that just didn't happen so that's for me was probably uh, part of the disappointment, you know, because it's not like these guys were just an obituary. I mean, we're talking about a lot of different bands that uh, were, you know, that you know, like Six Feet Under and stuff like that. You know, yes, I don't like Barnes's vocals. I get it, but you know, there's just nothing. Well, actually, I don't think Alan was back on this one, was he? <laughs> was he? No, uh, yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Okay, yeah, he yeah, was. He he, he okay. left. Uh, yeah, so this is still the classic obituary. Okay, 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 okay. In name yeah. only. Yes. So, um, yeah, I just, yeah, just disappointed, man. And that's the best way for me to put it. I'm just disappointed. Would somebody, okay, is everybody done yawning? <laughs> no. Nope. Sorry, it's as soon as this record hit, dude. <laughs> All I have to say is, dude, if you're yawning, don't answer the question. He wasn't trying to. Yeah. He just yawned. Yeah. yeah. I just yawned. Yeah. yeah I'm um, tired. All right. Would uh, anybody like to release the executioner for me? Um, I mean, I'd like to, but the band's like not letting me, dude. I'm like in a Florida swamp and I'm up to my kneecaps in mud and I just can't get out of it. It's like super boring mud. I just can't, can't do it. The executioner might be there somewhere, but like, I'm, I'm never going to be able to let him out because I'm trapped in a swamp of mediocrity. 2007 executioner's return. This is not good. Is it though? (laughs) This is bad. This um, sounds like somebody took a cassette tape that was recorded in 1985, ripped it using an analog cassette player, tried to master it in Pro Tools, and then release it to the masses. It does not sound good. It sounds flat and less than produced, not even unproduced. That's how bad it sounds. I want well, it me- to be good, and I'm sure a fan of the band is going to be happy with it, but I'm a fan of the band sometimes, and this record is just not okay. Well, I think there's a reason why uh, this one's not on a lot of streaming services. Because it sucks? <laughs> yes. I mean, Back from the Dead is. Like, Was this my... released independently, or is this still on Roadrunner? Candlelight. So it's a different label. Yeah. Yep. I don't think that matters, though. No, I mean, because they, you know, they Candlelight's got people like Emperor on it, so I mean, they're, it's not like it's a tiny... It's not a tiny label. It's just that it's... Uh, well, I mean, they were. They're, um, you know, it's just, I think they're British. Is it British? I think they're British. Is that right? Candlelight? Oh, yeah, I think they might be based in Britain. I can find out. Okay. Well, I know Spineform owns them now, owns the rights, because Candlelight doesn't exist anymore. But I, yeah, it, yeah, Candlelight was UK. I couldn't remember if okay. it was that or it was a European country, but yeah, it's 
UK for Candlelight. Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's. Uh, yeah, it just sucks. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It just—it's not a good album. All They're right, trying, we're moving on. Though. No, I'll give it. I'll, I got one little thing to say. They tried a lot harder on this record than they did on Frozen in Time. Like Frozen in Time was definitely like—it um, was very aptly named album. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Because <laughs> uh, they, they, they basically were saying it. They're like, we're we're fossils, you know. Um, and you know, maybe they were trying to make that statement in like a cute way. You know, like, uh, oh, uh, we're fossils. We don't conform to what newer music trends are or whatever. Um, But Executioner's Return, they really, really were trying to go back. Because, like, I can hear it. I can hear it in the riffs that they they were trying really hard to go back to that sound. And there's a couple of little moments where it shines. But for the most part, it largely fails. Uh, Because, let's be honest, Obituary really isn't that creative of a band. And so at this point, we're almost starting to hear recycled versions of older, better material. Well, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. So, I mean, it. whenever you, um, I mean, sometimes this happens. I don't know. I don't know what, a, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you, you got a band that's trying to make a living and they're trying to put stuff out. They're trying to, you know, put out what works and what gets some cash. And it's, yep, just not, not flowing for us. And I can't say, I can't stress enough how difficult it is to listen to these records in, in, in their entirety. Like what a what a chore that is. Um, it's not because, just that the record is the same over and over and over again. It's that most of the ideas are picture perfect copies of each other, but the ideas get worse over time, with a few exceptions here and there. But it's just not good. If it it's was picture out. perfect, if it was picture perfect, I would enjoy it more. But it's like crappy Polaroid versions, or like a JPEG that's been shared like eighteen thousand times. Like it just it degrades in quality. Yeah, it's like you took a a pick of a pick of a pick. You know that yeah. it just it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Um, but I mean, I I do see them trying. I see them trying to make that their come make Executioner's Return like their comeback album. Yeah, I mean they even use their old name. Yeah, I mean, like, I I guarantee you that was done from a, a sales aspect just to say, hey, you know, hey, this is uh, harkens back to what we were. Hey guys, 1987 called. They said Executioner put out a new album, but they didn't really. But um, they really didn't. <laughs> but they did not. Um, you ready for Darkest Day? I mean, I guess. Like, whatever. Yeah, just get it, get it over with. <laughs> did you guys like Executioner's Return? Nope. Define like. Did you enjoy the fact that a band called Obituary put out an album called Executioner's Return in 2007? I mean, I, I liked that it was over. <laughs> so how do you feel about Darkest Day? I think Darkest Day is actually better. We're being really mean. Um, Darkest Day is a continuing attempt to try to find what the ingredients were. It, it's kind of like, have you ever met somebody in your life that for whatever reason you've known them for like, you know, they're like in their mid thirties, but they still ask you really weird questions sometimes like, you know, Hey, I got my first paycheck this week. And I realized that like, well, you know, it's Friday, but I didn't get paid for Monday through Thursday this week. And you're like, well, no dude, everybody knows that you don't get paid for the week that you got paid for, you know, like everybody understands that. How did you get this far as a worker without realizing that? Um, I feel that way about obituary in the sense of like, it's almost like they just like, it's almost happenstance that those early records were as good as they were. And even the band doesn't really understand what makes obituary good. So it's kind of like, uh, it's almost like kind of like George Lucas in that regard too, where 
George Lucas doesn't understand, didn't understand what fans liked about Star Wars. So he kept making movies that had a lot of elements in there that were from the original Star Wars movies, but they weren't the elements that the people were actually grasping onto. And I think largely that's the problem with Obituary is they needed they needed like three or four albums to kind of figure this out and like and hammer it home while still trying to appeal to the fan base the best that they could. Um, So this record is actually a step up from Executioner's Return. It's like a little gleam, like a little silver lining, like maybe if you just give them another album, this might be okay. Yeah, I would say that uh, George Lucas does, doesn't give a fuck what the fans think, and he just did what he well, not, wanted to do. Not this year, yeah, but... So I could see that also being a thing with Obituary. They're like, you know what? This is what we like. This is what we're going to play, and we'll throw a couple of bones fans way, because that's what Lucas did. And I could see them totally be in that perspective, too, of like, yep, you know what? Throw a couple bones, get you excited, but fuck you, this is what we want to do. I mean... It was what we used. It's what we always harped on within Flames. They're like, "Yep, we're gonna throw you a couple bones, but fuck you. This is our band. We're gonna do this how we want. We don't care if you like it or not." Yep. Somebody thought Evil in the Closet was a good idea. Um, Me. Yeah, you did. Well, one I guy know. liked it. <laughs> we did an internet poll. One guy voted yes. Call the song that. <laughs> yep. It was. It, that was the one vote guaranteed. Yep. yep. 2014, inked in blood. Well, it's. Cool album cover. It's a new album. It I sounds like better from a production standpoint, but it sounds like the exact same songs that were on the last record. This thing's interesting. This was uh, this was kickstarted actually. Oh, was it? But then was still put out on a label. <laughs> was still uh, yeah, it was still on Candlelight, wasn't it? it yeah. So it, I don't know if it was Candlelight or not. Was, no, no, no. They, they were on Relapse now. It's Relapse. relapse. Yeah. 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 So they they kickstarted it and. Um, I don't really hate this one. Like, I don't have the same venom for it because um, I feel I feel like somewhere in the middle of Darkest Day, they they started showing signs of getting better. You know, like they were actually back from the dead. Um, this one has more pace. This one has more extremity. Um, it has more death metal overall uh, than what we've had. The, the, what we had in those kind of middling albums. Um, the problem with it though is you get you get fast badass obituary for about three songs. And then it just kind of goes back to the way it was before. Yep. It's the cock tease that we so infamously talk about. I love those. There's even a song called Back on Top. Like they really thought, you know, like <laughs> everybody's in all about it now. Um, I like oh. the production on this record, though. I like the, I do like the leads. I like, and, and I'm using like, so here, here's the issue. This is, this is kind of Stockholm syndrome, right? Because I'm kind of beat down now to the point where if you do anything that's remotely positive, you know, it's like somebody it's like somebody kidnaps you and you live in their basement and then like you know three months go by of them just doing horrible things to you and then like they bring you a cheeseburger and you're like well you know what maybe they're not so bad after all uh that i think that's kind of what i'm experiencing on inked and blood by the way jeff did you find that 10 piece i left you outside the box what (laughs) gentlemen i want to congratulate you You've listened to all the Obituary albums, except for Obituary 2017. For the most part, it all sounded the same. And in most cases, it didn't sound very good. How do we feel about the newest release? Uh, There's a glimmer of hope, actually. I'm going to say that. That's how I feel. I I agree. I think this is what what Frozen in Time should have been. Yeah, I mean, this is their best stuff in 20 years, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the pace, like that song Brave just comes out of the gate swinging. They have a new lead guitarist on this record. Yeah, Kenny Andrews. 
Wait, no, he and was in uh, Inked in Blood. Was he on Inked in Blood as well? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, he's awesome on yeah, this record. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> this might be uh, this might be a case of it's almost like a James Murphy situation again, where you're taking Obituary, but you're adding in that crucial lead guitar work that has basically been mindless. You know, every Obituary album has solos. It has leads. You know, but a lot of the time they're just they're just noise. They 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 don't go anywhere they don't have any any progression this is the first time in like jeff said in 20 years that i've listened to a solo and been like dude that thing was a ripper like they that you know it goes a little cat strangly but overall it's actually kind of melodic in places and it works yes it does and that's what we're here for you know we're not i mean i've already made it pretty clear that not a fan of john's vocals so i'm here for the music and not the not the vocals and the music is good this time i actually i i did enjoy myself i did not feel like i was being tortured you know it's funny we were talking about um about being tortured with some of those guitars uh on previous records and one of those guitarists was actually from iced earth that we were tortured with uh, from iced earth that's funny yeah i just I don't feel good that it took 20 years for the band to put out a record that sounds like what they did well in the early 90s. But I mean, they eventually got there. They eventually did more of the thing that we like, that sounds good, that works for them. This is the kind of record that I would expect to come out if, let's say, Obituary had broken up after World Demise and they had spent all this time off, you know, all the way up to 2017, and then they put this record out. This is the type of comeback that this band needed. We didn't need to get to album number 10. We didn't have to get to album number 10 to reach that. Like, we had to, we had to suffer through so much bad stuff. And in a lot of cases, a lot of the bands we talk about is, you know, they'll make a comeback, and suddenly a lot of the times the comeback tier material can almost be better than the original material. Uh, that's not the case with Obituary. The only band I can really think of to compare them to as far as their progression goes not in sound, but as far as their career, is Diamond Head, where that band meandered, or, you know, they, they had a couple of really great releases early on, and then they just kind of meandered for 20, 30 years, and then they're suddenly, they wake up one morning and remember who they are, and they play an amazing record. Um, it's very much the same situation with Obituary, that they've just kind of wandered through successes. <laughs> and that's really mean, but... Final thoughts on Obituary. Dan... I mean, listen to the first, like, four records, but skip the third one, and you're fine. Uh, the obituary self-titled is great. It might even be a good starting place for the band to, like, let you know if you're really into this style. But I think that overall with obituary, you've got ten records, and you don't have to own all of them. Um, they, they, it's not essential listening. I would say cause the only album that they have that would be essential listening would be Cause of Death. Um, everything else you can kind of take it or leave it even even some of the better albums like I liked World Demise but I liked it as an obituary record you know a lot of these records even the ones that I think are really good are still only really good for obituary when you're looking at what I'm comparing it to you start realizing that even maybe the successes aren't really like amazing so obituary is very much the kind of band where they were classic ones they still continue because dude's got to eat but overall I could do without I could probably do without obituary over for the most part Jeff what about you if obituary was a baseball player their batting average would be fan fucking tastic because it's at 400 I think four out of the ten albums are good 
six out of the ten uh, are passes for me. And uh, truthfully, for the type of music we like, that just generally doesn't cut the mustard. So whenever they're on, I think it's kind of like what Dan had said at one point. You know, it's kind of like, oops, we got lucky on that. Hey, let's, let's try doing that again. And then that's when they fail. And uh, I just want them to, um, I don't know, I'm hoping that now that they've they've they did a couple albums with the new studio it's like redneck studio i think is what the name of it is yeah if uh if they can kind of get a groove they found a you know producer that can mesh them well get them to sound good because i actually like i said i i think there's light at the end of the tunnel uh with a, with the self-titled i really do like the album obituary it's my fourth favorite um but i i don't mind listening to it and i do want there to be obituary because i do like some of that ridiculously noodling guitar solo shit every once in a while and i i kind of enjoy that part of it with with obituary i i don't care for john's voice i've said that over and over and over again uh but yeah it's i the four albums that i do like i i do want to i do want to keep around the unfortunately the other six i i really have no interest in them at all I think Obituary is one of those bands that you want to like because some old-school metal head who has been listening to thrash metal for 50 years and has been sitting at the end of the bar has been telling you that Obituary is the shit, man. You just you got to listen to Obituary. You're not a real fan of thrash metal if you don't listen to Obituary. Some of it is good. Some of it works for what it is. But for the most part, it does not succeed. It fails. It's boring. I want to like it because there are parts of it that I really like. The most recent release is promising. So if there's a new record by Obituary in the future, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to give it a chance. But I don't think the band is as valuable to the genre as a lot of people would make you believe. Dan, what's your album of the week? Sorry, I lost it. <clears throat> My album of the week this week is a thought crushed my mind by Blindside because it's Ooh, got nice. energy. It's got energy, unlike Obituary. Jeff, what about you? Uh, it is Becoming the Enemy by Imanolith, uh, one of my favorite vocalists. Uh, John from Threat Signal is the lead singer of this new band. So uh, definitely uh, should check it out. And for for Joe. <laughs> Avatar's uh, vocalist uh, guess on one of the out uh, one of the tracks, so so I think you dig that. I'm sure it sounds as mediocre as it does on those records. Oh, <laughs> damn! Terrible. For me, it's Houdini by the Melvins. Nice. I started to make Melvins comparisons because of all the open D chug songs that Obituary has, and the Melvins did it a lot better. Take us out, DFT. If you've ever been listening to this podcast and thought to yourself, well, yeah, guys, you screwed up. You talked about obituary and you should be talking about like Neo-Obliska blah, blah, blah. Neo-Obliskaris. Let us know. You know, uh, <laughs> we, we used to have Jeff around every week to let us know, but, uh, you know, he, he is, you know, in a ditch with a shovel. So, you know, it's he's trying to dig his way out of it. But we need your guys' suggestion. And there's a lot of ways that you guys can give us those suggestions. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. You can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can tweet at us at Discuss Metal or at Discuss Metal Dan or at Discuss Metal Joe. You can always talk to us on our Discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes that you can click on and join the chat there. 
you can also get an awesome discography discussion hoodie right now for $25 at the discography discussion merch store. So check that out. Help support the podcast uh, monetarily. And if not, just keep sharing those episodes. We really appreciate it. And on that note, this has been episode 164 of discography discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at discuss metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to DanAndJoeShow at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. 